Welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi for March 19th, 2017. This is podcast number, what is it, Chris? 628. 628. I'm Rick Moyer, and with me is... Chris Clemente. Hi, Chris. Hey, Rick. Been a while. (laughs) It has been too long. I'm so excited to be on the podcast with you today. Yeah, you know, I mean, we did. We used to do Battlestar Galactica one back in the day. I know. It's funny, we actually did the entire classic series except for, for the last episode for the finale <laughs> we probably should do that just for people i still get emails once in a while like, you, are you ever gonna do the last one well sure someday and i forget what happened i think it just started we, our we schedule, just got schedules got very busy and then like we just never could come up with a time that was fun because we got to have a lot of our friends come on and and do them with us and that was always, yeah that was neat uh but it, yeah we got busy yeah, life kind of got in the way. My whole life kind of took a different direction as far as uh, the time that I had. And, I, you know, I, got, I went back. I'm on the radio again, and I'm doing an afternoon show, and I've got my business took off. And, and then at the same time, I'm, I have another side thing that I'm doing. So it's, it's crazy, man. I have to schedule in when I'm going to sleep. So that's just nuts. Yeah, absolutely. I know how you feel. Trust me. Um, so we're going to be talking about – what are we talking about today? The Planet of the Apes TV series. Yep. Now, um, a lot of people, you know, are very familiar with the movie, and, and the mo- first movie especially is probably the most well-known. But, uh, you know, there's also four sequels to the original. And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously the, the reboot, which there's a new one coming out this summer, War for the Planet of the Apes, I believe. Sweet. And it looks good. It's got Woody Harrelson as the bad guy shaving his head with a razor. I always like that. Yeah. And um but you know a lot the the TV series only had 12 aired episodes two unaired so it's kind of a little bit lost for a lot of people maybe that didn't grow up in that time cuz it's a very yeah. very specific time where the planet of the apes was like the sort of premier sci-fi series you know that was it, like It was the thing yeah, yeah it was really popular yeah so yeah. You know, and it was really from like 1967 was the first film, and then this this series uh, premiered in 74 and ran through, didn't ran along, but it ran into early 75, and then that was it. Yeah, they it wasn't very long. I was, uh, let me see, nine years old when it aired. Yeah. And you were like not even born. So, no, I was born, but I was a... I was a wee baby. I was born in 74, so I was born October 74. So when this was... Oh, on, okay. All right. So my memory of it is... Uh, reruns. Reruns. I mean, it was always on... We we uh, Where I grew up, there was just so many channels with just that ran rerun. It was whatever was available. So yeah, I remember seeing... I remember just kind of as a smaller kid, probably four or five, just kind of being a little bit weirded out by this show. I didn't know from Planet of the Apes, you know. I didn't really... I remember I've seen the... The Mego toys, you remember those? You know, yeah, they yeah. Had, they had all those guys, and those are apparently pretty um, valuable. Rare, yeah. So I, I just remember, I remember seeing it, and I just remember it, uh, you know, it sort of freaking me out. So I actually hadn't even really watched it in de- in depth in any way. I just sort of has, have been running through the movies recently and then i realized you know i never ha- i don't have the uh, tv show so i found a it's not in print but i did find a a dvd set of it that i bought and uh sat and watched it and i i was like well rick and i covered the planet of the apes movies way like, way back many years ago yeah it was um, a good that was a good podcast yeah, by we the had, way it was fun a lot of fun on that one um and i even bought the animated series which i haven't watched yet but 
Uh, from what I understand, the animated series pretty much has nothing to do with either this or the movies. The, the apes have like cars and stuff. It's really it's, okay. Yeah. So now that was the other one I was going to say. Maybe after we're done with yeah. this podcast, down the road we could do the animated one because I've not, I've never seen it. Yeah, me either. So I actually, I mean, I, 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 I can't say I've never seen it because again, it's one of those things I remember seeing on TV. But you know, it's in that same style as the Star Trek, right? You know, the animation, right. filmation. I think made that as well. And I just remember thinking it was like not my thing. You know, I remember seeing right. it going, "Oh, I don't like this," because I was into you know Tree Joe and He Man and Star Wars at that point. And right, uh, I just remember it wasn't really my thing. So I haven't actually sat down and watched it. But the the reason that I even started rewatching it is that um, on my other podcast, well, my podcast that I do most of the time with my friends Joe and uh, Jen is uh, called Star Wars Stacks. And I interviewed a couple times an author named John Jackson Miller. And when I was interviewing him the second time, he mentioned that he was um, doing a short story for this anthology book that was coming out on the, on the original Planet of the Apes, classic Planet of the Apes series. And it's a book of short stories. So I was like, oh, and I pre-ordered it. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Before I... Uh, get that book i'm gonna start rewatching the movies and i usually watch them maybe once every couple of years or so you know it's like one of those yeah things me too of, same you, thing yeah. you kind of pop them in because they're always entertaining and so well, they're, I, they're classic my wife hates them but i love them your wife doesn't <laughs> no she doesn't like them what is it that she doesn't like does she find them boring or um she just thinks they're stupid <laughs> well i mean they kind of are obviously i mean <laughs> well they are you know i mean yeah. but they're awesome hindsight. yeah i mean especially in hindsight i suppose yeah but um so that was really the impetus, and I was like, oh. It's, and then, then when I, I got the book, it's called um, Tales from the Forbidden Zone. It just came out in January. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually was leafing through the short stories, and every every short story sort of tells you, like, oh, this is about, like, Dr. Zayas when he was a younger monkey. A monkey, not that's bad. That's a bad word to it. Yeah, orangutan. Yeah, he's an orangutan. So it's like, and then one of them said, this is about a, a character from the TV series. And I'm like, I don't know from the TV series. So Because he hadn't seen it, yeah. So there was a few of this. So I'm like, oh, what the heck? I'll see if I could find a copy. And I was like, I was looking for it. It was like $75. And I'm like, no way. So I found a used one for a reasonable price. So that was sort of oh, why good. I even got it to watch. So... That's how I originally got because see I didn't I didn't actually watch the TV show when I was a kid I didn't even know they had it and I'd watched all the movies many times right and as an adult I found out, I might have found out from you I it was recent that I found out it was a TV series and I got the DVD series and watched it and I was glued to it man I mean it was so I love cheesy stuff and it really yeah. was cheesy and I watched every single episode and then it was so cool to find that we had two ex- extra episodes that never aired on the TV and. It had some of the well, we'll get to it, but had a couple of stars in it that I love. I mean, it was so cool to see them in ape makeup. It was yes. awesome. I guess we can go over this. So the setting is, if I'm not mistaken, it seems to be about like, is it what year is it set in? In I think it's 2083. I think or no thirty. 3,000. Oh, 3,000. 3,000. That's right. That's right. Three thousand. So that means it's about nine hundred yeah, years that? before. The Charlton Heston movie, because if I remember right. correctly, when in the uh, Escape where Zero says it's the clock said thirty nine fifty yeah. something, right? So, given the year that they're saying, I'm like, oh, so this is like a. This. It's also not set even in the same part of Air, area, yeah. Because in in the uh, original movies, it was all you know New York, right? It was right. like 
right. you know, that was where the Forbidden Zone was like pretty. I guess the Forbidden Zone must have been New Jersey. <laughs> right, right. And, and they actually, uh, in the series now that we're going to talk about, yeah. uh, the year is 3085. Yes. And they actually go into, uh, they actually name a couple of towns that they go in. Yes. And it's in, yeah, you're right. It's in a completely different place. Yeah, so... so um, that's interesting that they have the same exact civilizations and uh, everything. Yeah. But they're like three thousand miles apart with no communication or anything. So right, it's right. pretty pretty interesting. But I mean, I guess it's just it really had more to do with you know where they were actually filming the show, which was yeah. obviously yeah. California. Cal- yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And when you watch it, you definitely you're like, okay, there's your old California, Southern California backdrop with uh, yeah. Yeah, looks like where they filmed Mash and pretty yep. much everything else. It's all yeah. very similar. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So, um, you know, basically, it's uh, sort of the start of it is sort of the same almost setup, except it's not as uh, it doesn't take as long to get to apes in the uh, TV show. You know, and they right. It's like almost automatic, except for the guy that plays uh, Daniel. Bo- is it Daniel Boone, in, Boone. on TV? Yeah. yeah it. Yeah. He. Uh, he shows up and, yeah. and you know gets him out of the ship, but uh, yeah, it starts out the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, they they got some weird time warper thing. Uh, who knows? You know, and uh, they end up crashing in a big ditch. Yeah, on, <laughs> on Earth, it's just like this big long ditch. And there's the it, the I love the part where you see the ship. I think the ship is really cool. The Icarus, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so it's it's the same um, plywood built yeah. spaceship from the first movie and, and yeah. it's, it's just sort of laying in a road here you know like a ditch like he said it's not yeah it, you, you think there'd be more damage to the ship but it's but okay. there's not no, no it looked like it landed okay and and uh there's three astronauts in it but one of the guys uh didn't make it so. yeah well i thought it was interesting this guy with big long hair big long gray hair <laughs> shows up on the scene and he saw it crash and everything and he's looking all over the ship and somehow they have a button on the outside of the ship <laughs> that's blinking red, and yeah. he pushes it, and then the door opens, and it's like, you know, if you're going to have a spaceship... <laughs> Probably not a good idea. To- not to put a button on the outside that flashes red if you crash, you know? I mean, what's up? But yeah, he opens yeah. it up and gets inside, and, and he realizes one of the astronauts is dead. Then he realizes um, that the apes are coming to... Um, you know, check out the ship. So he actually drags the other two uh, astronauts out of the ship and puts them out in the woods Yeah, uh, to avoid getting caught by the apes. Yeah. So that's the premiere, and it's called uh, Escape from Tomorrow, um, yeah. which is an odd... Well, I guess I get it, because they don't want to be in the future, right? But right. Um, I hope, you know, it's like, you know, I'm watching this show, and I'm like, well, I don't think they're ever going to get back to the 1980s. But uh, which is I yeah, think, I well, think you find where, yeah where they came well, from, yeah. Well, you know what would be fun? Why don't we play the promo? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's play the actual original promo that they had. It kind of explains. It sets it up like we we just did, except with that that funky announcer from from back in the seventies <laughs> yeah. that, that talks about Planet of the Apes. Yes. So we'll play that. Caught up in a strange vortex of energy during a celestial probe. The two astronauts were propelled through the time barrier. They landed 2,000 years after their takeoff. 
on a strange continent that had once been known as Earth. From one of the most successful motion pictures ever made comes an exciting new television series, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes takes place on Earth, but some 2,000 years from now, there's been some sort of cataclysm that's changed the whole complexity of the planet. We find that the whole world is turned upside down, that when civilization regenerated itself, the apes became the dominant members of society. We're creating a world that never existed, so we have plenty of latitude, both in the behavior of people, the society we're creating, the way it looks. The way we see civilization regenerating itself is with the apes, of course, at the top. The center of government is Ape City, where there are just a few humans who work as clerks and servants. Most of the humans live in comparatively rural communities. There are many special and difficult production problems. Foremost is that of the ape makeup. It takes close to four weeks to get an ape made up. First, we have to start with a gooey plastic substance and make a mask of the face. Then when that hardens, it's cast to mold. And on that mold, uh, the facial characteristics of the simians are built. We spend somewhere between three and a half and four hours putting this appliance, these appliances uh, onto the ape characters. The show is going to have a very strong philosophic base. For the planet of the apes is a world regenerating itself from our own civilization, mirroring in a strange way what's both good and bad about our own lives. And our two astronauts are going to find themselves in a world where evolution has gone completely haywire. Roddy McDowell, Ron Harper, and James Martin star in Planet of the Apes. Okay, there you go. Classic from the 1974. Yes. Uh, getting everybody convinced uh, that they should watch Planet of the Apes, which, by the way, was originally going to air on a Tuesday night. But something, I don't know what happened, but they put it up against Chico and the Man on Friday night, which got it kind of not great ratings. Yeah. Uh, so they put I it on Friday. I guess that was a huge show, right? That's a, that had uh, Freddie Prinze. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fred Sanford. And, and the, yeah, that was a, yeah, I remember that. My mom and dad loved that show. So the thing that's different about this, if you're just familiar with the with the movies, is that me, like, so when they, again, like when I started watching it recently, I've never really, I don't remember it at all other than vaguely. So all of a sudden this, this guy, Pharaoh comes and rescues them and he starts talking. I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. What's, what the heck? Cause you know, in the other movies, the old movie, well, the movies, the humans didn't talk. Humans were mute. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not the, obviously not the case in the show. That would be a very, very weird show. To, it would be odd, yeah, to have uh, me, especially because it seems because most of the uh, this show is a very seventies. Oh my goodness! As as we go through the the, the series, it, yeah. it, I became very cognizant of the fact that oh, this is just like the Hulk, and it's just like yeah. the Fugitive, and it's just yeah. it's like somebody being chased by somebody, and then yeah. encountering other people in towns and solving their little problems and then moving yep. on to somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. It, follow, like, it followed the Bonanza kind of way, yes. the, the thing of this. Yeah, and that's, I think, why I liked it initially, because yes. I thought it, 
it, it just it was familiar to me in that in that. But you could tell it was so seventies. They had the haircuts. Uh, I mean, if they could have, they would have worn the clothes, you know. Oh, yeah. And even even the costumes that they had were <laughs> they were pretty lame. But yeah, you know, they're like they got these like rough hewn, like <laughs> Verdon's got this like rough hewn shirt with like a vest. Right. For no reason. Why is he wearing a vest? I mean, what does he need a vest for? It's right. <laughs> uh, it's it. Yeah, it's definitely a product of its time. But I will say that the makeup um, looks just as good as it did in the. Um, yeah, in the they movies. really did a great job. I And, you know, some of the movies, the later movies that they did, the makeup didn't look so great because they were only spending time on the actual central characters. Yeah, and then the rest of them wore masks, and they just had eyeshadow underneath their eyes. You know. Yeah, they, yeah. You can even see that in the second movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, beneath the Planet of the Apes, when um, General Ursus is talking in that big crowd of apes, and yeah. how, most of them just have masks on. It just yeah, it's but, pretty blatant. I was surprised on the TV show. Every time we came in contact with orangutans or chimpanzees, or um, or the gorillas, they all looked great. Yeah, no, no, it's and and even um, not like stock makeup. I mean, like every, all all of the characters, like if when it's a guest star, it's, they're distinct. Like they look um, different. Yeah, they look, yeah. They don't just have like an ape mask uh, taped onto their face. Yeah. But you can well, see when you watch it that some of the actors were better than others at yeah acting yeah. in the makeup. Like you know yeah. Um, uh, geez, Louise, Roddy McDowell is great at it because, like, he did it so much. He did, yeah. If you know Roddy McDowell, he played uh, Cornelius in the first Caesar. Well, then, well, yeah. he played Cornelius in the first movie and the third movie, right. and somebody else played him in the second movie because he wasn't available. Right. And right. then, and he, and then he played Caesar in the fourth and fifth right movies, and then he's in this. He's a character named Galen. Galen. Yeah. Yes. And he does a great job. I, I, you know, he's just as good as he was in the movies in the series. I think he's excellent. Yeah, and the two humans that are the main characters uh, are one guy. Uh, the actor's name is Ron Harper. He plays Alan Verdon, mm-hmm. and James Naughton plays uh, Pete Burke. So. And they're both. They both. If you look on ID, um, I am. Inter- thank you. I knew <laughs> what I was trying to say uh if you look at their history of what they've been on and stuff uh, you we all know who they are yes you've seen I them. Mean, we've seen them yeah but they're really young in this one ron harper actually was on i remember i was i was watching and watching and trying to remember where i'd seen him because he seemed so familiar to me uh right and then i realized he was on um land of the lost he yeah. was he was the uncle so yeah yeah. So that's where I that's where I had seen him from. It just was one of those things where it's in your head and you don't know where Marshall, Will and Holly. <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, he was uncle he was the uncle Marshall. He wasn't yeah. he wasn't Will Marshall. He was uh, I forget his name, but he was the uncle in, in Land of the Lost. So um and James Naughton you've seen he was a, he's been guest star on a million on everything TV shows. <laughs> yeah. He's one of those guys that sort of make made the circuit of between in the eighties uh but he didn't really fare well now. I mean, you look at him. Um, you look at him as he got older, and it was like, "Whoa, dude!" But yeah. he, yeah, he He's looked definitely pretty good aged. when he was young. Yeah, yeah. he was a yeah, very seventies looking guy. You know, dark, well, what, dark, dark, dark hair guy. Yeah, one of my favorite um, cast members, of course, and probably yours too. Mark Leonard is the uh, security chief. Urko, yes. the, the big gorilla, the, the main. Evil gorilla in the show. Yeah, he's in every. He's pretty much in every episode. I think yeah, not yeah. everyone, but there's a, maybe a couple that he's not in. But 
He's a funny <laughs> he of all of the characters on the show, he cracks me up the most because he's very um he's not evil to no. me. He's like kinda like you know pig headed. Yeah, and he's sort of funny. He just Stubborn. cracks, yeah, he just cracks he me is. up. Especially well, you know, especially the one where uh, which we'll get to, I suppose, but where you know that one guy wants to have him killed, and he they go to dinner together with uh, right, yeah, right. I just think it's I just think I just crack he just cracks me up, and plus it's Mark Leonard who um, yeah is Spock's, Spock's dad. dad yeah hey well I have a really cool thing I'd love to play for everybody this was I'd never heard this before but uh, Mark Leonard actually talks about how he got picked because there was like twenty other people up for the up for this role. And uh, he went in and read for the part, and they got, they went ahead and got him. They were thrilled. After he read, they thought, that's the guy. But he didn't think he was going to get it. And I actually have a, a, a clip here of him talking about how he got the part and what it was like to be on this iconic series. So why don't we play it? They said in the movies they had used people like Morris Evans and a classical actors, Shakespearean mm-hmm. actors. And what they really wanted since... The main thing that projects is your voice were people who could do Shakespeare and classical things. You know, you're behind these appliances like a mask. It muffles everything, and you have to be able to project and project a kind of formal quality. You know, after all, the apes didn't talk like humans. You know, they're not colloquial or anything. Very formal. And I talked to some people about it, and they thought it was fascinating. And as a matter of fact, when I did the thing, everybody in town wanted to be on the show. And the funny part is not only they wanted to be on it, they wanted to wear the makeup home. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw a lot of people around Los Angeles, a lot of apes driving cars, and they wanted to show it to their kids and whatnot. Anyway, I auditioned for it, and there were about 60 people there. Of all descriptions, mainly I played Urko, the chief gorilla, chief of security, and he had to be strong and big and those that were strong and big I felt were not such great actors first of all I didn't think I had a prayer to get the role I just didn't feel I was right maybe you know there's something about me I don't know and those that I felt were pretty good actors were just not physically right so I read for it and I got the part immediately which was a surprise and it was a very interesting adaptation they said well forget about eating now so when you put the stuff on, you can't chew things. It's hard to get them in your mouth anyway because, you know, the appliance sticks out three or four inches from the front of your mouth. You have to put everything way back there. You need a long spoon. And when you chew it, the thing will come loose because it's put on with spirit gum. I found that they were wrong. They make appliances. They started a little factory there. They had a little factory right at 20th Century Fox. And different sculptors, men and women, came in and in clay designed the different characters, the chimpanzees, which is Roddy McDowell and several others, and the orangutans, which was Dr. Zayas, and the different gorillas. So that each one was designed to be slightly different and have, you know, an individual character. And then they molded them, and they would turn the stuff out so that... I had one, anyway, that was molded in my face. They had to make a cast and everything. And every day that I came to work, I had a new one. It was kind of expensive. But anyway, when the thing fit so well, I found I could do all kinds of things with it. After all, it is really a piece of rubber, and it has no life unless you bring it life. You know, your eyes, 
and you have to make faces like apes do, you know, and that kind of makes the thing come alive. And your eyes are very important. People who saw me on the show recognized my voice. They said they recognized my eyes, and they recognized me. I thought at first, you know, yeah, I'm playing an ape, and I told you I was a little bit insulted by it, just slightly. And afterwards, I kind of took it as a character role, really, with certain gorilla-like qualities. But he was a kind of a lusty, sort of hardy, you know, not completely, uh, a sort of devious fellow, you know, but in a kind of innocent way, full of good humor. It was a very dynamic role and became, really, what they said was the most dynamic role on the show. And if it had gone on, they were planning all kinds of great things for it. And it was well, kind of a horror. It was very difficult. There was the heat under this makeup all day long. Putting on the makeup took three hours. We used to come in at five in the morning to start with it. And we did a lot of the shooting out in Malibu Canyon at the Fox Ranch. And since it was out of doors and it's in the canyon, you had to stop when the light goes, when the sun goes down. And winter was coming on. This was November. And the sun was going down earlier and earlier. So instead of starting at 5 with the makeup, they wanted to start at 4. <laughs> well, fortunately or unfortunately, the show didn't go on. We did about 14 segments. It really didn't have the backing of CBS. It was a wonderful idea, and it's a pity that it just was thrown away and went down the drain. The movies had great ratings, and the television show was put on Friday night opposite the toughest competition there was at that time, which was Chico and the Man and Sanford and Son, and they would get 50% shares, and we would get 28, 25, which would be fine nowadays. But then they expected more, and I think the head of CBS wasn't for the show. But if it had been very successful, they would have continued it. So it is a pity. ABC at the time talked about picking the show up, but they don't like to do that. They don't like to take the chance. Other networks don't like to take the show from a different network because they put themselves out on a limb, and if the show fails, they really look awful. If it succeeds, then, you know, they look like magicians, but if it fails, they look bad, and they're not willing to take the chance. So that good idea was thrown away. There were several of the segments that I thought were very good that investigated the history and the culture of the apes and the juxtaposition. Well, you know what science fiction is. The strength of science fiction is that you can make so many comments about life and all the cultures without getting yourself in trouble, you know. And one took place in the destroyed San Francisco subway where Urkel, the gorilla, begins to discover something about his past. And that was one of my favorites. So there you go. Mark Leonard himself, Spock's dad, <laughs> Sarek. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I loved watching it just for that. Every time he would – my, my, you know what's funny is I was, I was re-watching it for this particular podcast, and uh, my wife came up from behind me, and she goes, I know who that is. And I said, really, who is it? She goes, that's Spock's dad. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. She yeah. recognized him from his voice. So. Well, he definitely has a very distinctive voice. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, he's sort of the guy that's ch- he's like the guy that's chasing them whenever if he shows up. What and <laughs> it's like you know if they're going away, 
from if they're running away, why are they always within riding range of Central yeah, I, Ape City or whatever? You know, yeah. what I mean? it's like they're. Always, I wondered that too. It's like, why are they are they going in circles? Because it seems like <laughs> you know, Urko can find them anywhere. Yeah, it's like, well, I was making a tour of the district, right, or whatever he says. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm like, these guys suck at running away. I mean, they're really. I mean, eventually they're gonna they'd have to lose him at some point where he's like, you would think so, yeah. You know, I can't keep you know coming you know going out for weeks trying to follow these <laughs> humans. You know. Now, so, the- this is this is interesting here. That now the next character that we can talk about um, is Counselor Zaius. Uh-huh. I thought it was interesting that they they uh, they used the name Zaius in it. That was interesting. Uh, and it's Booth Coleman who has been in a bunch of different things. I mean, he was on Columbo and a bunch of different things. You would recognize him right away. I for some reason didn't know who that was right. until until this last week. For some reason, I never had put two plus two together but then when i saw who it was i went oh my gosh yeah that's the guy a really great character actor yeah and 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 a lot of the guys a lot of the actors actresses that are on this show like if you look at their what they did these are like they're like the stable of uh you know guest stars for 70s tv 70s tv yeah you're right you're right i mean like they're just like okay now i'm gonna go over to uh you know, whatever, match yeah. or something and yeah. go go hang out there for a week and Yeah. And then you can see you can tell they're younger versions of people that starred later on like Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century and you know, shows like that. They they had been around and they were in Hollywood for a while, but they, they were great. I mean there were some really good good folks on there and Booth did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not the same Zayas because he's his character is a little bit different. He's a little bit Yeah. Yeah, he's not as you know. He doesn't seem to to me. He doesn't seem to be as smart. <laughs> he just seems to be a little bit more of a. Well, and I don't know if you caught this, but I I kind of felt like he was a little more sympathetic towards the humans. He wanted sure. He he really wanted to learn about them. He didn't want to kill them, even though. Well, he's got like a bookshelf of like yeah human books like that he keeps on surgery and on yeah. oh yeah you know all this different stuff. It was pretty cool. I and that's I think that's the part that I loved about the series the most was the. The stuff where they look back on ancient times, you know, with the, the well, we'll get to it when we talk about the episodes. But I love the ones where they find computers. Oh yes, with, with tape that somehow uh, <laughs> still it works a thousand years hasn't later, rotted away. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I have cassettes that don't work from the from the eighties. You know, it's <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So the thirty other, years old. So the other, um, uh, actually, the one guy that had been in most of the episodes, his name is Ron Stein. He plays his his. Uh, it's, it says he's the gorilla guard, so he's, he's you know he didn't really have a uh, named character, a name, right? He's probably a guy that was good in the makeup and you know just showed up uh, every week. But um, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. So it's again the makeup was I don't know who if it was the same uh, person that did. I don't have. Do you have that information? If it was the same, I'm looking for it right now. I can't remember who did the makeup. There was a. I do remember reading about it. Just a minute. Oh, I'm not seeing it right here. But I do know that they they used a bunch of music from the movies, oh, and yeah. there were several masks and props and things that they brought over from the movie mm-hmm. into the series because it was less expensive to do that. So, but the, but it's, again, it's, we said it was really well done. As a matter of fact, it looked pretty much like you know as it did in the movies. So. It's and what did they say it cost at the time per episode? Two. It was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per episode. One wow. of the reasons they 
they they could keep the costs down was because they filmed it on um, on a, in a park, <laughs> and and they did so. I think it was a, who's the production company? I'm trying to look. They uh, Mark Leonard talks about it in the that clip that we just played. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there's also uh, here in the database that I'm reading about. It was a park um, that was you know not super popular, but they they filmed it every time. And that's why the series looks similar. Yeah, I mean, like, but every episode, pretty much every well, like Star Trek, when you go when you beam down to a planet, yeah. it looks like Vasquez rocks a yeah. bunch, you know, and that kind of thing because that's what they it was you know, uh, that's what they had to film in. Yeah, it was in Malibu Malibu Creek State Park. There you go. That's what I was looking for. That yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and can you imagine being a kid going to the park and seeing a bunch of apes? That would be awesome. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I would have yeah. loved that. Yeah, so the theme, the main, the opening is actually pretty cool. I love the opening. I love it. It's. Um, I do too. It's the, very surreal. It's got. It's kind of reminds me of uh, you know in Star Trek Four the the yeah. uh, the whale one yeah. when they go back in time. It's very similar to that sequence. Yeah, it's got uh, like it starts off cool with, like, sci-fi music. Really, yeah, and it's done by Lalo Schifrin, who did like you know the Mission Impossible theme. Yeah, and, dumb, and it's like. Dumb. It's, yeah, it's got like this distorted, like Zayas sort of hovering in the, and then uh, it's got that <laughs> funny, fu- funny run that um, that Roddy McDowell is doing, you know, in the beginning. right? <laughs> and a very seven, very uh, interesting uh, credit sequence. I really, I like watching yeah. it every time, you know. Here, uh, why don't we play? Let's play the intro for everybody yeah. so they can hear it. Let's do it. go absolutely 70s stuff right there but cool yeah and you guess it kind of fits in with the with the movie especially the first movie or so the music that went along with that you know it seems very similar so um i actually am trying to i want to get a t-shirt made with like that end part of it where like the ape is holding (laughs) holding up like the rifle you know with the sun behind him it's very i know it's it's awesome yeah it's very very cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know, if you don't like '70s stuff, you probably won't be much into this. And I guess if you don't like Planet of the Apes, you won't like it either. But you might. I don't know. I mean, it depends. Everybody, everybody's different. But certainly, I 
I'm in that kind of I'm in that mode right now, so I'm 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 enjoying it. But it, I definitely sometimes like we're watching. I'm watching some of these. I was kind of groaning a little bit. On a few <laughs> <laughs> so we can go through. We can actually just there's a we can talk about the episodes uh, individually. Um, sure. So the first, like we said, the first one was Escape from Tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. which we sort of started talking about where. The astronauts crash. Um, they meet this guy uh, Far, uh, Bar- Farlow, and he rescues them from the uh, like he said, pushing the candy like yeah. button, and takes them <laughs> out and uh, brings them to his place where he's got these books that he can't read. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, and you're like, oh man, yeah. And you get introduced to Cornel- uh, not Cornelius, holy mackerel. Uh, I know Galen. Galen. Yeah. yeah, and I like Galen. I think that character. Again, Roddy did an awesome job at bringing a, a chimpanzee that was had compassion and wanted to be, you know, he wanted the humans to be equals, and it was great. It was great to see him during this the series. Yeah. He did a great job. He's a little bit more um, sympathetic than Cornelius. Cornelius is a little bit of a, I don't know, like a douchey, a doubter. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not always, yeah. you know, he, Zero was the one who was really. Um, well, during the series, you find that Galen would give his life for these guys. He, yes, yeah, she actually is—they're buddies. Yeah, and and there's a, an allegiance and a and a uh, loyalty to each other that you didn't find in the movies. So Verdon Verdon is the—he's the commander of the—he was the commander of the ship, and Burke is the—I guess—the second in command. I right. Forget, I, I forgot what the other guys—the dead guy—I guess doesn't matter. <laughs> nah. So they go back to the ship and they uh, they look at the um, the chronometer that somehow again is still working and <laughs> yeah it's that, that always cracks me up even on the old movie like how does it, they how do they know what year it is really I mean seriously. well and it's even crazier when they go when they get back to the ship the apes have destroyed all the electronics in the ship yeah. Okay, they're all destroyed except for the chronometer. Right. I mean, it's like wires. Somehow they couldn't get in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But uh, it says 3,085 on him. So a young young chimp sees the crash, too, and then he tells his dad. And then um, Dr. Zayas um, seems to talk about another incident that occurred 10 years earlier. So I guess we're sort of meant to infer that that's from, like, the original movie. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know because I mean, again, the time isn't the same, and none of the characters. And how would he even known about that? Yeah, right. I mean, unless they had, you know, I don't know that. Well, what? How are they going to some type of ape communication? I don't know. So because of that, so he's he's because he's like going, oh, I know what this is. He tells Urko to like, all right, go get these humans and bring them back alive because he he wants to know everything about them because he know he he knows unlike the actual other apes he knows that that human civilization existed before ape civilization whereas you know most of the other apes are like you know humans have always, apes have always been in charge um right right um he sends galen to actually go and uh grab the guys grab the guys because he doesn't trust urko without and without killing them because urko likes to kill humans <laughs> urko's typical he's a yeah. typical gorilla exactly so, so yeah they do get them. Mm-hmm. They capture them, but um, Galen is sympathetic to them, and things go a little awry from the original plan. Yeah. So Galen actually, you know, he brings the book to uh, this book that uh, they get, had gotten from Farlow and uh, to Zayas, and he accuses him of heresy, and Galen's going to get centered, 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 sentenced to death. 
Yeah. And um, Verdon and Burke rescue him. And then, you know, they're all the enemies of the state. So Right. So then we the series is set up and ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah, because uh, uh, Cornelius, I'm going to call him Cornelius forever. But Galen um, actually killed a, um, an ape guard to, uh, to help rescue him. And right, which is ape doesn't kill ape, do they now? That's right. Although it seemed, they seem to do it a lot in this show. Yeah, I know. It's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and our, our buddy Don Weiss, uh-huh. is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Um, who's a Star Trek guy, too. Mm-hmm. He directed this first episode, ah. and and uh, it originally aired on the 13th of September in 1974. There so, we go. So the next episode is called The Gladiators, and that's the one where Mark Singer shows up. Yeah, I know. Isn't that cool? I was watching it, and I'm like, is that? I mean, he's really young. Like, yeah. He looks like he's about 20. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And um, I'm like, is that what, the Beastmaster? I mean... And, and there he is. Sure enough, it was him. And and this is a uh, this got this guy uh, Prefect uh, Barlow, right? Is running this sort of human fight fight club. You know, what I mean? it's sort of gladiator. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's just, the Verdon and Burke. I I sent this to Rick because I was watching it. Are they come across these guys fighting? <laughs> and they get into it, and like they're doing like Kirk flying jump. Oh kicks. man. And the, yeah, and the double the double fisted uh, karate chop, and yeah, it's like man, you can tell when this was filmed, you know, and made the choreographing of the fights were yeah, pretty bad. It was pretty it was bad, pretty bad, but it was funny. So this is the first, you know, sort of town where they're like trying to right wrongs. You know what I mean? And, right, uh, right. And I, I think what happens, the basic plot of the of it is that um, a human kills uh, Urko's lieutenant. Yes. And so they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And basically, it's it's this big thing exposed that there's a big fight thing going on and yeah, all this stuff. And they try to, of course, yeah, to fix it all. So Burke um, becomes, a, you know, he ends up uh, uh, becoming a gladiator. Right. And, of course, he won't kill the uh, the hero, the main gladiator. He won't kill him. This is the one, I forget his name, but he's the, he's a... He is Mark Singer's father, <laughs> and uh, right, and but, they they do some great worldwide wrestling uh, moves in this man. I'll tell you, yeah, it's a good one. I like that one. That was that was alright, but it was, it was sort of the very first uh, again, the first place. And Barlow actually shows up later on in the series. Uh, yeah, he's on again. Yep, and he's in. A, he's got he got sent to a crappy place. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah, he got in trouble. Yeah, he did get in trouble. So the next one is a, is a pretty good one too. It's called mm-hmm. um, the trap. I uh, like this. Yeah, this is good because so they come across these um, this family uh, again. They're always coming across these human villages for a bunch of slaves. They seem to have their own villages an awful lot. Oh, they do. You know, so and they go in and they find this girl who has these. She has. Uh, they end up staying with a family for a little while, and this this the girl has these like. Uh, electrical wires sort of braided together right and he's like where'd you get those and she's like oh over there <laughs> and um it's a city it looks like uh san Fran- it's san francisco right so yeah they actually find the subway station there yeah well the uh of course Urko is on their tail and he they, they end up in the same house and they figure out oh yeah well they went i know where they found this stuff or where tell me where they found this stuff and uh, they chase after them, and they're in San Francisco. 
And while they're fighting, Urko and Burke get sort of dropped into a hole because there's an earthquake. Yeah, there's an earthquake and they're stuck in the same place. And it happens to be in the subway, which, right. again... In the original movie, or no, was it? I was second one. The second one. The second one there in the in the subway as well, and very similar in you know the look of it, and it was really it was one of the most poignant moments of the series. Actually, happens in in episode three where um, Urko finally understands yes that human beings were at one point um that the apes were subservient to the human beings yeah. at one point in there history. was a poster of the San Francisco Zoo yeah up on the wall of the subway and it had like you know a gorilla in a cage yeah so and and then he's like oh and that's not it doesn't go over very well but they have to put their heads together if they're going to survive right and they're doing like morse code you know burke and i guess so burke yeah. burke and verdon together are like macgyver and a half i mean they always they are no matter what situation that they're in, they always know that little bit of knowledge that they need <laughs> for that particular situation. They do. And it could have been called, the whole series could have been called Ape MacGyver. Yeah, because, I mean, they really are always like, oh, I know all about this. So they do, like, if, if I was trapped somewhere and somebody started doing Morse code, I'd be like, right, whatever. We're, I guess we'll, I guess we die this time. This is how right, we die. Right. Because I would be lost. I don't know Morse code. Right. Um, but they did. They did. And uh, yeah, they 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 they're always oops, they're always <laughs> with um they're always with uh, with Urko. There's always a way that they don't end up getting captured or killed. You know? Yeah, I don't get yeah. Poor Urko, he's just not either he's either he's stupid or I don't know. You know, he's he, al- he never he's quite outsmarted. He, they always yeah. make a deal with him yep. or whatever, but he's always outsmarted. <laughs> You expect him at the end to go curses. I've been foiled again. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a. This must be a backlot set that they kind of distressed to look like messed up, or it's a disaster. I don't know exactly where they filmed this yeah. one because it's like you. It's sort of like a city street with like you know debris. Built, every, yeah. Right? Yeah. Lots of debris. Yeah. Lots of holes in the buildings and stuff. So the next one is we were just talking. We were talking about this one before we record. This is probably the really the cheesiest. Oh gosh, here it comes. So this is called <laughs> It's called The Good Seeds and this is really where they like this MacGyver stuff really comes into play because <laughs> because so they come across this farm with a guy named Polar who is um a chimpanzee. It's a chimpanzee family. Mm-hmm. And it's a really crappy farm. I mean, I mean like it's, it's not a great farm. No. So there's um the, the father and the mother and then a young uh, girl or a young boy. I don't remember. Is it a girl or a boy? I think it, um, boy. It's a remember. young boy. Yeah, it's a boy. Yeah, and then a, like a teenager, like an eighteen year old chimp, and he he's grouchy because um they're um he can't get his own farm because of some tradition where when they're when the farm cow gives birth to a uh, <laughs> a, a bull. Then the oldest, the eldest male can go and start his own farm. So he right. thinks, he thinks right. something like the cow is cursed, and so then you know these guys show up and he hates them because he thinks they're stopping him from getting a bull, even though the thing hasn't been born yet and the cow is pregnant. And oh my gosh! So like they're hanging out there, and there's of course gorillas trying to trying to find them, and they they hide in the barn and. 
Dave. They, um, I'm sorry. This is such a cheesy. Episode. It really is. So there's so there's one point where where the, the one of the guerrilla police is sort of doing surveillance on the farm, mm-hmm. and um, Burke is taking a shower, and uh, <laughs> and they're like, "Aha, human!" You know. So right. that plays in later on the episode. So basically, they're making like a lift for that they're making a hay a hay bale lift they're making a a windmill a, a, a butter churn they, butter they churn. figured out how to yeah yeah they're giving them all this farm technology that they just know about i forget i think verdon grew up which on you farm. which you know yeah i was gonna say which you know astronauts know all that kind of stuff <laughs> yes. you know Ferdin grew up on a farm, but I think that that changed somewhere later. I think when he has knowledge about something else, it's like he grew up. <laughs> right, exactly. So just use it for the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so the son decides to turn him into the police because he's tired of them being there and ruining his chances of having a bull. Right. And of course, so the, the cow goes into labor and Verdon, because he grew up on a farm, knows how to, you know. Birth the cows. Birth yes. The cows. Yes. And he's like the the uh, what do they call those uh, uh, like midwife Do- Dr. cow like, midwife. He's like Doctor Pole, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So the part of it like is Just give the, me some boiling water and some sheets. Yeah, the son is sitting there. He has to bang this bell while the freaking <laughs> cow is trying to give birth, and he's all like loopy because he hasn't eaten or anything. He's just sitting there banging this bell. <laughs> so in the end, like Verdon's like, "Oh, come look," and then it's like. The cow gave birth to like two bulls, which I guess is really good luck, you know. Wow! So when the so the gorilla the gorilla cops come to arrest, you know these humans, the humans, right? And then he's like, "No, that was me. Look, I do a show for my family." And he like put like flour all over his face, like he was. He look, I'm a human, and like, uh. put the water over him, like as if it was. It was really weird. So it he, was. In the Bad end, yeah, in the end they go free, but it really was one of those where I was like, "Oof!" Yeah, it's like who came up with this? Uh, they, I think the writer was Robert Lenski. Yeah, well, let's hope he doesn't do a whole lot more of them. <laughs> so the next it was pretty sad. The next one is the legacy, and the, oh, now this one I, from one of my favorites. Yeah, this one's pretty. This one's pretty cool, and it's got like the archetypal seventies child actor too, like. Oh yeah, I guess it does. Now that I think of it, yeah. Well, he just looks like every kid in the seventies. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Freckles, and, freckles, blonde hair, big teeth. I mean, so they're they're, in, they're in yeah, Oakland. They they realize right. that they're in Oakland, and um, so I mean, I don't know if you remember the. They don't really. I guess they don't say in the original movies like how far that human society had progressed before it was destroyed. But it seems to me like not much further from when they left. Because right. you, don't, you don't see a lot of futuristic technology. Well, in this, it seems like when they're looking through books, it's like, what, the year 25-something, the humans are still around and technology has progressed because they end up finding um, a film like a hologram about science, that a scientist has said, well, we're, our civilization's about to be destroyed. So here's... Um, All of our knowledge, or at least part of our knowledge. And they they leave... In the different main cities of the world, or at least in the United States, I don't. They don't really say, right. but uh, they leave a deposit of knowledge in each one of the cities that they kind of set it up so each city they go to, these guys can find something mm-hmm. and get some knowledge. But when they went in, there was debris in front of this door. And they get all the debris out and they turn the 
turn the handle on the door and it opens up and there's this computer system that projects the right yeah so there's also a kid who and a mother who you know they don't have any food and they their the father's was a uh I guess like a rebel, right? And he kind of got killed, if I remember right. correctly. So, like, the kid goes, you know, to the guerrilla police. He's like, hey, I'll, um, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll get what you want out of this guy. Because, uh, so Burke and, uh, what happened is, yeah, Burke and, uh, Galen are trying to, uh, work and get into this, uh, door, right? And, uh, uh, Verdon, escapes and they sort of split up and he's with the um the mother and the son and the son is trying to get the information out of Verdon and then eventually he starts to kind of like him and it's 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 a pretty interesting episode like you said and in the end they 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 they, they the, the information gets destroyed of course <laughs> but yeah the guy somehow the hologram goes and then later on in the episode the um the apes find the a computer room. Yep. And instead of using the information like Doctor Zayas would like to, you know, explore and look at all the information, um, Urko has them just destroy all the hard drives. And, yes. And just just rip it all apart. Yeah. And and burn all the. It was spitting out all this knowledge on uh, the dot matrix printer was still working. <laughs> <laughs> and it was spitting out all this stuff, and they burn it. Everything's like working. Everything's, everything's gone. 500 years later or whatever, everything's still and working. And then all of a sudden, as they walk out, the whole place blows, blows up. Blows up, yeah. It's like, wow, they were good at that just by lighting those papers on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Their hard drives were huge, by the way. Yes, of course. I mean, these are back in the day where a computer only took up one room. Right, only one room, yeah. yeah. With all the uh, tapes, you know, they were using the magnetic tape and everything, which still worked. Of course, not rotting away or anything. No, uh, uh-uh. no. So the next one is another kind of cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they did this because we all know you don't see a whole lot of. I've never seen monkeys swim. <gasps> don't say you monkeys. Know? Oh, sorry, sorry. I've never seen apes go swimming for fun. Right, and we have this entire um, oceanside episode. Yeah. So this is um. There's a fishing village there where there's a a um. There's a prefect there, and he sort of is running this fishing. All his human slaves are fishermen. And, and may they, I point may I point out the same person that wrote the cow episode wrote this one. What a shocker! So, uh-huh. and they're by the way they're getting fish in like the most inefficient way. They're like spearing them like one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and like the purpose of them getting all these fish is um, so that they can the apes can make fertilizer. Right. So, like the the ape in charge of of the fertilizer factory is like, I need more fertilizer, so your quota goes up. And they have this like test, which seems really weird to me that you would like risk like uh, able bodied person's life <laughs> in this yeah. mansion. So, like they have a test, like if you, if they can swim like and traverse this uh, sort of pass underwater <laughs> of burning water, the water's on fire. <laughs> So, then, then they can, then they, they qualify. Then, then to they help. qualify to be a slave to catch right. fish, right? <laughs> and again, this, this is guy a, should have, the writer should have had his own series yeah. because yeah, this is so weird. So, so again, this is one of those episodes where Verdon like shows him how to make a net, a net, which, wow. which but I've seen nets on this show. Yeah, they caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you think they would have? 
figure that out. So <laughs> it's a pretty. This one's pretty funny because um, Galen makes a big thing about I don't like water, right? And of course, Galen always ends up playing a guy that owns them. You know, like he's their master. their slave. Yeah, here's here's their manager. And they tell a lie about who they are, and then of course he comes and messes up their lie, right? And what's really funny is at the end of the episode. Well, the reason the whole I forgot the way it started was there was a guy who was I guess sent out to sea tied to that a raft because I guess he was no longer good enough to be a fish slave, right? And they right, and they were putting him out for the sharks, weren't the, they? The gods of the sea, right? Yeah, right. Again, if this is the seventies, so they're sharks, right? <laughs> they worked perfect with Jaws, didn't yeah. they? It was yeah. So. um by the end of it, they're just showing him this new technique, right? And Galen and Ferdinand and Burke are on this boat, and eventually they just row away. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And the, nobody can shoot them anymore, and they just leave. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just, I just, it always cracks me up the way they leave, like when they're like, oh, I guess we're all done. So, so we're out of here. And this one, like, they don't even have their clothes on at the end. Like, they're wearing, like, loincloths right right so it's like what what happened yeah yeah but when, anyway. what, whenever they're among other humans like they immediately become like the best at whatever those humans are doing right so like in this one there was like this really this human who's really great at spearing fish and then Verdon goes and he's like ah not, not only did I swim under this fire water I speared a fish while I was doing it look how great because <laughs> I'm awesome <laughs> and then Burke of course does the same thing like there's nothing that they're not really good at <laughs> Which brings us to our next one. Oh, yes. So the surgeon is the next one. Now, this one was kind of cool. Um, I liked the episode. I, maybe because uh, who's the lady that starred in it? Um, uh, who's the girl, the lady that starred in this one? She was one of the doctors, one of the surgeons. Oh. Um, she did great. She was excellent. Um, yeah, her name ex- is actress. Jacqueline Scott. There you go. Kyra. <laughs> Was her name? Did a great job, but what happens is um, our trusty commander gets shot. Yes, and it's not a it's not a through and through, right? So he has to be operated on, and we find out from Galen that they have a medical center not too far from there. Of course, <laughs> that's handy. Yeah, and so it's just outside of the of of Center City, and so they have to figure out how they're going to get. Um, him over to the medical center to get worked on because, you know, they've been trying these techniques and, you know, people have been, or apes have been dying and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they practice on the humans, of course. <laughs> and, and, uh, Galen thinks that they might be able to get him over there and get him worked on. And so the show ensues. And of course they steal, um, they steal a book from, um, Zayas's, uh, office on surgery. So now they're back. <laughs> so they're running away, but now they're back close to Zayas's Right. Yeah. Close enough that they can go to the medical center where all these apes supposedly go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just really funny. And they, they don't know about blood transfusions, and the, the main surgeon is questioning herself now because her patients are dying, oh, and yeah. she does, they don't understand that it's not – they think that the people that give the blood, and if somebody dies from their blood, then they think they're cursed, but they're really just not the right blood type. 
Yeah, there's a girl in this who oh, every, yeah, everybody's the, treating um they're everybody's the treating very poorly and like it turns out because they try to do this uh, blood transfusion and the and the, the guy's son, her brother died. <clears throat> yeah. But they're like, No, your your blood's just incompatible, that's all. And so and of course, you know, the astronauts know all about is it hematology? What what do they call that? When, when yeah. they're phlebologists or something. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah they know all about it. They know how to do yeah, and the thing that cracks me up too is like the breathing thing. Yeah. It's like, w- yeah. what is it? It's just like a bunch of cloth together. Like, is it making him breathe? What is the- right? Because they don't obviously they don't have like monitors, like heartbeat monitors and stuff. Right. So they've got this thing hooked up to to his mouth that uh, has this big like it looks like one of those uh, things you'd use in a blacksmith shop, mm-hmm. except. I don't know. You like you say it's really weird, and if it's moving, then he's okay. Yeah. But if it stops moving, he's dead. And so, and then they give him somehow. I don't know how they figured this out. What a cool miracle cure! But they have some type of potion oh, that they a, get. Yeah. They get out of the cupboard uh, and put down his his mouth, and it starts his heart beating in. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, this is another one where Galen's pretending to be, he's pretending to be like a surgeon, surgeon or a doctor, right, right. And, he's, and, and you know, there's another surgeon there, he's like, hey, clamp off that artery, he's like, oh, well, I mean, I've come all this way to see the famous doctor, I forget his character's name. So he's you like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> you should do that. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. Well, long story short, he makes it. Of, wow, shocker. Yeah. And they convince the dad that the girl's not cursed. So this is the next one is your your seventies message episode. Oh so gosh. This is your KKK <laughs> Ape KKK episode. Yeah. Um so nice. yeah. <laughs> What's it called? The the deception? deception yes. Yeah. And, and the reason and, it's a deception is that there's a, a they befriend this chimpanzee female named Fauna who's blind. And she, so she and she hates Human, humans because humans killed her father that's right um but yet she falls in love with one of the humans well but she doesn't know that she thinks that he's because when she's talking to him she's like oh i love your voice you sound so familiar and she's like i want to feel your face and then like when she goes to do it uh galen gets in galen front steps in yeah and uh, feels and she's like oh it's such a strong handsome face you know and galen's like oh yeah. <laughs> i only wish so there's this group of of apes called the dragoons that they put <laughs> they put heads over hoods over their head and murderous apes. They're killing. They drag one a human to death, and <laughs> they're out shooting, killing humans. And uh, and uh, Galen sort of in, in, uh, gets himself into their group, you know, like by saying, "Oh boy, I'll tell you what, we I went killing humans before, and uh, I'll tell you it was great." <laughs> Basically, so he goes undercover. Yes, he does. <laughs> I don't remember how this one turns out. But she finds out that um, that it's a human, not a not right. a no, she, ape. Yeah, she finds out, and she's really and upset. Right. But don't uh, they end up k- kissing in the end? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so um, the next one's the horse race. This one's another a funny episode. <laughs> it was pretty good though, wasn't it? It was kind of yeah. fun. So like Urko, now they're back with Urko. <laughs> they're back around him again, somehow. Yeah. So so there's a, this chimpanzee prefect. He's got a horse, and he races um, Urko's horse. Um, so there's a there's a human that's that's uh, been ca- a, bo- a, a human son has been captured, and 
um, Urko decide, agrees to race for his uh, freedom, and the prefect's like, well, I have this human. Of course, now Verdon again. Excellent. Excellent, yeah. Excellent. Jockey. Ho- excellent horseman. He... It knows everything there is to know, and there's a black... About their shying yeah, and everything. he's telling yeah. the blacksmith, like, no, you have to make the horseshoes a little bit thinner. They have to be really skinny. So so uh, Urko doesn't lose a race because Urko has his, like, soldiers, like... Uh, like Set it all up, so, yeah. Set it up, and, you know, like, you know, they in the beginning of the episode, you see a race, and, like... The, the one of the soldiers he like whips a branch into the other the ape's face and <laughs> like, right knocks him. Oh, so. and we forgot to say it's illegal for humans to ride a horse. Yes, it's not illegal. Only on, they can only do uh, the the carts. Right, but they cannot ride a, a horse. Right, and they're they've been doing some investigative work, and I guess they find that. They've seen somebody riding one of the horse, a human riding the horse. And yeah. So that, that's this one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It so is. the yeah. blacksmith doesn't trust. He knows that, you know, that Urko's not going to lose. So he tells, he goes to Urko, listen, I'll make sure that this human doesn't win. And he puts these like wedges in the, in the shoes. shoes. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, of course, Verdon finds it. He's like, oh, something's wrong. And so he, right before the, right before the race, he takes him out. Yeah. And he also uh, falls into mud so that because he's trying to be nonchalant when like Urko's looking at him, he's like, oh, I'm covering. I'm his, not the guy you've been watching. For right, so he falls in the mud, so he's covered in mud. So at first he doesn't recognize, him. and of course at the end he does. Yeah. But um, at, earlier on the episode, uh, Galen got stung by a scorpion. Yeah. And um, got like a, a potion for it or whatever, so he wouldn't die. The antidote. The antidote. Yeah. So there's uh, going to be an ape that's going to like shoot shoot him if he wins and uh, uh galen puts a scorpion like on his shoulder and so urko's yelling at him shoot him it's Vernon and yeah yep yep it's a good and one. yeah i thought it was pretty good it was, yep. it was fun and then we go on to the interrogation right now this one <laughs> they talk about uh he gets a book on brainwashing techniques mm-hmm and <laughs> and that's like wow now they're they're amazing brainwashers and yeah but um yeah it i'm not familiar completely with this one because the uh the thing ran out before i got done ah. but uh it's been a while since i watched it now i remember the la- there's a lady in this one right yes yeah yeah and, and she's the one that's the interrogating them that's right that's right now okay, okay because she's reading the book and she's like oh a feminine is very uh you know and they're like they're like ringing a bell it's burke that they're interrogating and they're like ringing a bell uh um, they're doing <laughs> yeah so they capture yeah they capture burke um yeah this is also the one where um galen uh goes home, right? And he visits his father and his mother. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. And uh, his father sort of, you know, doesn't like humans. His mother's nice. And uh, he's like, this is my friend, uh, Alan. And, you know, the father's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. But uh, in the end, uh, now again, now they're back in the central city. So they're they're just really horrible at running away. I mean, I'd, Mm-hmm. So we should say the thrust of the show really is like them trying to find a way to actually go back in time. Back, yeah. How so. do we get back? They, their theory is if they can figure out what happened, then they can reverse it and go back. Yeah. Well, good luck without a spaceship. <laughs> I know. It's like, what are you, you going to do? 
I don't know. I yeah. could see like if the show went on, like them finding like an unlaunched vessel or something. Maybe I don't know. I yeah. guess. Well, I guess we didn't know in the movies. We didn't know how they were going to do it. And they did it. So. Yeah. Well, that was Doctor Milo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or Doctor Milo. Yeah, and you know they they killed that's us. That was Salmoneo, and they killed him off earlier than they planned to because he couldn't take the makeup. He didn't like it. Huh? Yeah. So the next one is the tyrant. And there's this really crummy um, uh, gorilla lieutenant who's trying to, um, who's really just being really horrible with all the humans in the district that he's in. And eventually he he bribes um, somebody to become the prefect of the district. And there was a, I guess a nice, uh, it was one of Galen's uh, friends, I forget his name, Octavius, that was running the uh, the uh, district. And then this, this uh this other uh what was his name uh counselor yeah it was uh a boro uh yeah who is in charge and he's friends with um he's friends with with uh what's his name urko and urko comes to town he's like i'm on an inspection uh mission or whatever and they're buddies from the academy and i guess this boro did something really crummy at the academy and it's kind of held him back, and uh, then uh, he uh, so Galen comes in, and he's they're trying to get this guy out of power. They're trying to get him because he's really making life terrible so for everybody. Yeah. So Galen comes in, and um, he's like uh, pretending to be Zayas's assistant, who's kind of a crippled old chimpanzee, and uh, uh, says, "Hey, well, you can have uh, Urko's job." And he's like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> so yeah and then in the end like Boro's trying to kill Urko with a bomb and then uh, Burke and uh, they, they lock him in there with the bomb and eventually it turns out oh yeah he's trying to trying to kill Urko so Urko arrests him and that's the end of that so again they and they make it they run away like they lock Urko and them in the in the building <laughs> just they're and run away yeah Ur- Urko's about to capture them as usual and then he can't so <laughs> Uh, well, now I, I love the next one because all right. of a sudden, uh, Verdon and Burke and Galen are professional doctors now, and they <laughs> oh, yeah. come up with a great cure for uh, malaria. W- uh, malaria, that's right. It's the malaria episode. Yeah, so there's like all the people, all the humans are dying, or not, yeah, they're dying, and they got the sleeping sickness, they say. In the beginning of the episode, you see a guy, and he's down getting some water, and there's these really bad mosquitoes that are bad effects sort of like buzzing around the water and he's like oh yeah so, they, they know what it is and so now, did, did verdon meet that girl and yes. tells her where they're from so in the beginning of this episode like they're yeah. leaving the town that they're in and somehow they've had an adventure that we haven't seen apparently and she's like he's like oh you know and she's like how can i love a man from another world and right. in this one, Galen gets really pissed. And by the way, the girl is um, Sandra Locke, who's you that's know, right, Clint Eastwood's that's right, you know, ex-wife and or she's current wife. I don't know if they're still married. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. But they were married at some point, and she was in those uh, uh, orangutan movies. That's right. You know, which I love every which way but loose. Right. That's right. And um, so Galen gets ticked off at. Verdon, because he's like, you know, we're trying to be like, we're trying to be, be discreet like, here, and you're, and you're like saying, you're telling this pretty young girl that you're from another world, and it's because like she really, she, she was in love with him, and he's like, I got a family and a son and back and that are all 
you know, dead by now, but I'm, she's trying to get back to them. So he's being like, you know, <laughs> loyal, but yeah. Right. They, so the doctor that's in the town is like, or the, de- that's around is like, well, you know, this, this sickness is only t- to lower animals like humans and they get it by physical touching or whatever. So it turns out then of course, some, a, and a gorilla gets sick and then it turns out that, you know, even apes can get it. And, um, they, <laughs> Uh, you know, so they, so Verdon and Burke are like, oh, well, I know we need to make some quinine and you just got to go get this tree and get the bark off the tree. And then the, you know, everybody, they kind of break it down and put it in this drink to help cure people. And they go to, you know, they, that's they, pretty amazing. Cause I don't, I, I, yeah. that's amazing that they would know that. So, so, um, the doctor is like, look, I got this, uh, he's trying to pretend like he's the guy that's doing everything and he's not. So. Right. He's like in, in the ape that's like got the sickness. He goes up to him. He's a gorilla. And, he's, and the Urko's like, what are you doing? He's like, I got this, uh, you know, this, this, this cure. And he's like, you're not experimenting on my soldiers or whatever. And, uh, you know, so Verdon sneaks over to him in the middle of the night to um, cure him. Ad- and Administer the, the, yeah. the, yeah. And they decide they're going to burn down the the village. And then, of course, at the end, all the humans come out and they say show that they're cured and then the, the gorilla who they gave the quinine to he shows that he's cured too and it's like uh yeah <laughs> it's, it's like just, oh yeah they're did they did it again yeah they saved the day absolutely well okay so now they had we have two more episodes left here mm-hmm. um this one was a big one uh the liberator is the next one right and i'm trying to remember they I just watched this today. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to remember the... Let me look and make sure I have the right one that I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. They're in the mines, right? Mm-hmm. They're the slaves and everything. Yeah. And um, the leader of the town um, sacrifices... I'm reading the thing here. Unwilling humans uh, to their god in the temple during the cult-type ceremony. Huh. <laughs> of course. It's like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, right? Right. But I things go awry here again, and um, this was one of their another big statement from them in this particular episode. Um, it's controversial because uh, of the uh, creation of the poisonous gas and weapons of mass destructions, which was going on. Um, th- this was at the height of the Watergate scandal, right? Uh, and the whole Vietnam War protests and everything. So this was kind of a controversial episode. I don't think it had anything to do with them um, not getting renewed. I just think that this was just happened to be the one that they were, you know, that they they happened to have this one at the, towards the end of their airing, right? Which I thought was interesting. But yeah, it says it, it says it was never aired, right? This, but in, in, I think it aired in. Um, it was actually. I thought it did. It said this is cited as never having aired. It was, in fact, broadcast in select cities, so um, in Rochester, New York, and a couple cities. So it, it didn't did, go all it did, over. It did air. It didn't. It wasn't all over. Yeah, and the and the final one is um, up above the world, so high. Ah, like a diamond in the sky. Right. So this is the one with a with a glider. <laughs> I like. I actually kind of like this one. It's kind of fun. Right. You know, and and uh, of course the apes are freaking out about them being able to fly and everything. <laughs> you know, and um, 
this guy is, you know, he's got the pie in the sky attitude. He's going to, he's going to revolutionize everything. And of course the and, gor- gorillas don't like a man flying around. So no. So they take pot shots. Don't they take pot <laughs> yeah, shots? At shoot him at him. Yeah. He crashes, yeah. he crashes into yeah. a tree. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not the best one to go out on, but no. You know. And of course, Ferdinand and Burke tell them they can help them make a better. Gl- <laughs> yeah, of course they know how to make a better glider. If you just have the- <laughs> here, you got to make it lift well, like this. Actually, this is that's more realistic since they're in the Air Force or whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that would be that makes more sense. They should have a sense of lift. I mean, that makes <laughs> some sense. Um, so you know that interesting. There's a female chimpanzee. Um, Who's who's there to help? And she's interested. Her name is Carsa, Carcia, Carcia, and she's. Um, they want to use the. Um, she wants to use the the the, the glider to stage a, a coup against you know the ruling class, the orangutans and the gorillas or whatever. Right. Um, but not you won't get any. Um, uh, you won't get any sort of satisfaction of finishing the series with this because it doesn't really you know. It doesn't do anything. They don't get back. It's not a, yeah. You don't really know whatever happens. So I'm assuming that you know this was like the first run of episodes with that, and then like they were saying, well, do we come back to finish the last twelve or however many? Right. And they never did get to come back because usually the way it works is these shows they start in September, they run through almost Christmas time, right? And then right, they take a little break. So it looks like this. Ran right to the end of seventy four, while well, the middle of December seventy four, and then that was it. So I guess they just didn't get the rest of their their yeah. their uh, their order, um, which is which apparently it was a big hit in the UK. They say like when it was aired over there, it was like a really really big hit compared to wow. compared to being to the way it was over here. I guess. Well, I mean, in comparison to other shows of the time, I thought it stood up pretty good to those, but. Uh, not everybody thought that, obviously. Well, you know, and again, it was up against a, a really popular TV show. Yeah. Well, don't don't you find, Chris, though, that stuff that you watched when you were a kid, it it is uh, you thought it was way better than it really was. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like I remember when the kids were smaller. Um, you know, they're all grown up and out of the house now. But when they were little, we uh, we had Netflix where they actually sent you instead of doing it over online you did it you actually got the dvds in the mail oh yeah i've had netflix that long that yeah I yeah got so we got i was all excited i ordered land of the lost oh all right like three three discs right and got it and i was so excited to show the kids and I put it on and it was bad oh my gosh it yeah, was that's so a, bad that's a hard watch you yeah know, it, it's not like because yeah when i was a kid even I think even when I was a kid, I it was pretty I, cheesy. Then. I realized it was cheesy. You know what I mean? The green screen was pretty bad. Oh, like and, when they're using that crystal thing to look at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, yeah, like the, the 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 stop motion dinosaurs. It was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. But I remember my kids saying, that "One, we got through like three episodes," and they said, "Do we have to keep watching it?" Yeah, you know that's kind of sad because I I know yeah. I was watching something with my son Jackson and. He's, He's like, like, what? Do, Dad? I, do I have to watch this anymore? And I'm like, oh, I thought you'd like this. I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. It changes. You know, things change. It's same with the Bionic, you know, $6 million man, one of my favorite yeah. ever. And um, uh, here a few years ago, um, Richard Pete got me, uh, sent me 
uh, his uh, copies, which I still have to get back to him, of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the series. And as I was watching them, some of them were really cool, but um, oh boy, they don't really hold up the same as I thought they would. Now, Star Trek, I, I think, holds up, but that's me. Yeah, but it's a it's like a one in a million show, isn't it? Though I it mean, really it really is. Compare like, can stand up like fifty yeah. years later. Yeah, and even so, when you watch some of those episodes, you're like, "Oh man, this was a." Yeah, there's some one. pretty bad ones. So there's also a there's a, a guest star in this uh, in this show that was in Star Trek twice. He played um, Captain Tracy in the um, what episode was that? He but it was Captain. He played Captain Tracy in. Was that the one with the big bugle that ate people? No, that was no, it that was the one with the Constitution and the American oh, okay. flag. Oh, okay. Uh, all was, right. Okay. Yeah, all right. Oh, watching. yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I forget what I I meant to uh, mention that because I again when I was watching these every every time I saw somebody that was familiar and that guy's pretty distinctive. He's got like a really kind of craggy face yeah. and he's kind of yeah. distinctive looking. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was in two. He was in uh, Dagger of the Mind, right? I think one of them. That's right. And then he was the, Gelder, wasn't he? Yeah, Gelcom and then he was Gelder. also that Captain yeah. Tracy from the one with the. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's with the Yang, the Yangs and the Kongs yes, or something yes, like that. Yeah, yeah. where, where yeah. the Starfleet is supplying. You know, it's like the again the <laughs> Vietnam sort of. Uh, right. Right. You know. So yeah, yeah. He, so you, you'll see people that you recognize even under ape makeup. You'll see some people that you recognize in this show. Yeah, it's an answer. You, you can tell who they are if you listen carefully. And then, of course, with the magic of the Internet now, we can figure out who they are easy. Yeah, so again, it's interesting that, like, you know, Roddy McDowell probably had the most, obviously had the most sort of practice with that makeup. Sure. Because you know who did really good was uh, Leonard. Mark um, Leonard. Mark Leonard. He really, he, he hopped around like an ape, man. Yeah. He did good. So there's a lot of times when you're watching the show that you can actually see like their mouth inside of the mouth. Yeah, that's kind of bad. But you know, I mean, just you know, still, I mean, what I what I was thinking was when I was watching, I'm like, you know, it's really pretty remarkable that there was a show on TV back in the '70s that was mostly people in makeup like this, and it was pretty pretty good makeup. But even though it was a famous sort of scenario, like the Apes, it was like, wow, it's pretty. Uh, it's pricey. That's what I'm assuming most of the budget. And like you said, there's apes everywhere in every episode. There are mm-hmm. gorillas riding around on horses, and there's a lot. And of they horses. they look good. You don't don't never once do you go. Oh gosh, that's pretty bad. No, they look. They, the makeup really really looks decent. Um, it looks just like the uh, the movies. The movies, yeah. So if you're putting it in a timeline. Well, on the Apes movies, it would be a thousand years after the battle for the Planet of the Apes, which is the the last movie, which is kind of a cheesy movie, but yeah, still, I like it. Yeah, I still like it. Of course, it's where there that was like the first mutant humans, remember? And they had their little their little army with the school bus at the end in the battle. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No. Um, let's see. They I did see. have some other episodes they were going to do, but they never filmed them. Yep. Yeah, Rod Serling was going was going to do yeah. a couple episodes. Yeah. That he that wrote. Been cool. Yeah, I mean Rod Serling, you know, he's a fantastic writer. Um looks like they had yeah, another 8 episodes, so they were going to at least have uh 22 episodes were were planned. Uh they only did 14. Well, they did 14. Filmed 14. It looks like the 14th one didn't get broadcast, but the 13th one did a little bit. But. Yeah, well 6 years after they actually did the series they brought it back by putting two different episodes together for like a, a, a after school movie. Mm-hmm. And they filmed it, or they didn't film it, but they actually got Roddy McDowell 
to do Galen again. And he did an intro and an extra like it, like an old Galen going huh. back and talking, talking about his, uh, uh, talking about his experience with these guys. Right. And that's how they put the two episodes together with, uh, extra footage, but they never released that on DVD. So if you can find it, you be, uh, ahead because they didn't ever release it officially except on TV. Hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah, something I realized when I was watching too. Like, there's never any female gorillas, and that's that includes like the movies and everything. No female. There, there isn't, is there? Or orangutans? Just, uh, just the chimps are the only ones that well, get girls. And we know by biology that doesn't work. So, <laughs> what's what's up with that? I don't know. You don't huh. see you don't see any like gorilla soldiers with boobs. So I guess no, you don't. That's weird. weird. I never thought about it. Yeah, it's just it just I guess it didn't work as well on females. The makeup maybe I don't know. But whatever it, it is, it's the it's the it's the way it is. So that's it. There's like four, it. fourteen yeah. episodes. So it's actually if you wanna, you can watch the whole show. You know, if you watch like you can watch it in a couple of weeks, or you can watch it in a week, or watch it in a couple of days. But if you fast, yeah. If, well, I don't have commercials on it, but uh, nope. You can you can get through it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched like I don't know like four today, three today. I watched four yeah. on the other night. Yeah. I mean, like just kind of blazing through it so i dig it but i'm a fan i'm a i i'm a i am too i'm a sucker for for ape stuff me too and 70 stuff so it worked yeah out. yeah worked out for me there's something about it yeah and uh yeah it's they're not going away like i said there's a reboot and there's another movie coming out i think it might it's probably going to be the last one i would imagine unless it makes a ton of money then of course then you just make another one yeah i guess so but out of the series though what's your what was your favorite episode Oh boy! Um, probably. Hmm. I think I liked that tyrant one the best, or the, because I kind of just like Urko, and he's a, he's in it a lot, and he's he's really, it's a really f- kind of a funny episode with him. I I really like that one. Now, um, and for me, it's the ones with the computer systems. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I always like that. I would stuff. like to see more of that. I, I mean, I'm very interested in like. What the heck this Happens. human society was like because in the set in the one with Charlton Hessen, it's pretty clear that it's like you know the eighties or maybe as far as everything got um, right, so Until they uh, blew it the whole place up, yeah, maniacs <laughs> they blew it up, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like my favorite move of the movies besides the first one is like the third one that's my favorite, I really enjoy oh man, it. that's the best. I- I love all the movies. I think they're great. But yeah, I think the first one, of course, has a special place in my heart. And which one is the one where uh, they have Grape Juice Plus? That's the third one, yep. Yeah, that's Escape my, from that's, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I just love that one. I just love the, the whole, the apes being exposed to our society. And it was great. It was yeah. great. Yeah, you know, they're wearing clothes and... Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Of course, it ends horribly just like every single planet of the Apes of course movie. of course depressing and awful and you walk out going crap <laughs> the only one that didn't end bad was the f- last one you know it didn't end terrible i mean although caesar's son does die you know, that's true remember, that's true and what's his name in that one general was a general something there's always some stupid general right in that one um he he's the one that killed the kid. He like chopped the limb down. Remember the kid was yeah, climbing yeah. on the tree. And that's the one where he goes, uh, "No, Abe." Right? What it, does Abe kill? Does Abe? not kill Abe. 
Yeah, or ape does not kill Abe. And then it, yes, right. He he told him no, right? And then he gets like, right. chased around. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's 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 a good. They're all fun. They're all fun. What's the battle? So, That's that. Yeah. So anyway, we got into the movies here, but this was yeah, a TV show. Sorry. But obviously, you can't talk about. Yeah, that was Claude Akins, by the way, who played that gorilla. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. A lot of Western type yeah. actors in these movies. Bonanza actors. There were a lot of folks from Bonanza in it, too. So, General Aldo. Yeah. Aldo. Yeah. Aldo. And yeah. Paul Williams is in that, too. Remember, he's a chimpanzee. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Paul Williams. Yeah. I remember that. I remember he's a famous uh, songwriter. So, if, if you're like me and you hadn't heard of the TV series, my recommendation is grab it on DVD and uh, take a take a watch. You can also find it on MeTV right now if you have that on your satellite system. They're playing oh. on sat- Saturdays. They play one one every Saturday. Oh, really? I did, yeah, I did not know that. Yep they they must you must see the same. It's one on over in the middle over. of the night. Oh, okay. It's on in the middle of the night. I have all fourteen of them on my DVR. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. that's a good tip. So if you want to just and and trust me, you don't really need to watch them in order. No. Um, no, they they don't they don't have any progression. Right, like so like I said, they're running away, but by the end of the series, they're back in Central City. In Central City, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter that they're running away. You could you could watch it from the end, and then they probably would get further away if you watch it in reverse. That's so, right. That's right. So I mean, I guess obviously, except for like the first one, if you want to see how they you know, but really, it's just basically they crash land in a ship, and that's that's it. You know, and yeah, they, they, exactly. meet, they meet a nice ape, and he's helping them. That's right. That's right. And that's pretty much it. That's all you really need to know. So I don't know if I I didn't have really huge expectations going into it. I just was excited that there was more ape stuff I didn't know about. Well, so, me too. That's that's kind yeah. of like where I am with the cartoon. I'm like, oh, I'll check. And that one will be really yeah. quick because they're like 20 minutes a piece. So there's, and there's, there's how there's many? Like 16. Let me look at this. I I need to do that too, and then we'll have to come and do a podcast on it because I have not seen that series. There's only 13 episodes. It looks like. All right. So that's so I'll look at it. Yeah, so it looks from what I'm understanding, looking at it, like the apes have like technology and stuff. So it seems to be set ah. thirty nine something. So excellent. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I like to check that out. I mean, I, I'll see how how it is because sometimes like those old cartoons are a bit rough. Like yeah. uh, like Steven the Star Trek one. It's like, geez, I don't know. I don't know if I can watch. Oh, you know, I, I remember I yeah. got the set yeah. and like, woof. Because some of them are kind of like eek-y. they're pretty bad, yeah. I think you so know, too. Like you know the one with Spock's uh, when Spock goes back in time. That's a really good cool <sighs> episode, but yeah, yeah, still you know, yeah. So I'll do. I'll I will go ahead and order the uh, cartoon oh, version on deal. DVD, and then uh, we'll have to get together and do another uh, podcast for Rico. That'll be fun. Yeah, I have spent like I said, it's been forever. So good. Stuff. And by the way, what now? What, uh, what date are you guys going to the Star Wars? Are you there now? <laughs> no, 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 there? no, no, no. This is coming up in a, in a few weeks, yeah, right? We're going, we'll be there. Let's see. Let me pull up my calendar. So I'm going to be meeting uh, Rico and Joe on April 13th. We're going to meet up. Awesome. The night before we go to the convention and we're going to hang out and uh, go to, I think, Universal Studios, I think, that night. So we're going to have a good time. And oh, then, man. You better take lots of pictures. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. All right. Will. Good. So that's uh, that's our plan for for then, and it'll be nice uh, treks in sci-fi meet up. Yeah, that should be very very cool. So when are you guys gonna get over to the West Coast? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the furthest I've made it is Arizona. So I know. Well, uh, you told me one time you guys have friends in Olympia, and that's only forty five minutes from me. So yeah, you need to come on out this way. 
We're looking. Yeah, why not? I've never been, so I'm always up yeah. for travel. You would like it's very very cool out here, but and literally cool, like cool. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe yeah. in the summer. Okay, <laughs> it was great. Thanks, Chris, for asking me to be part of this. This is it's a blast, and uh, like I said, I don't get to do as much podcasting now that I'm so busy with the the radio job and all that jazz. But uh, yeah. it's awesome. Always love talking with you, and I love listening to you. I listen to you guys all the time, and okay. uh, I think it's it's awesome. So thanks for everything you do. Oh, thank you. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to us uh, babble for a while. <laughs> babble on about apes. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. Uh, question for the barbecue chef. Don't you think there is an inherent danger in sending underqualified civilians into space? I'll feel this one. The only danger is if they send us to that terrible planet of the apes. Wait a minute. Statue of Liberty. That was our planet! You maniacs! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! <laughs> Thank you, I'm afraid that's all we have time for.